Okay, look, I want to dive straight into today's word. Uh, seven fresh key prophetic words that are transforming Revive right now. And to be honest, um, I, <laughs> I'm going to be straight. If we are going to walk together Revive as a family, you do need to be trying to just get your spiritual chops around these words a little bit. Okay, try and get a sense because we are in a very formative time right now. And uh, actually, you know, for me anyway, full lockdown was easier than this time. This is the time when the pressure's on now. How do we come out of this difficult period and make some really big decisions and, and, and pick a route in God? And there's been an incredible amount going on prophetically in the background. But by way of kind of setting the scene, think of two verses. We've done this one a lot this last year. Uh, Isaiah 43, 18, forget the former things. Easier said than done, right? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, see it. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. In other words, places you wouldn't have even dreamt of going. I'm preparing a way for you to go and get through. But you've got to start to see it. And that's what this morning is all about. I want to try and help you see as clearly as you can, because things there's no way I can hide it. Things are going to be very different as we come out. OK, so the sooner we start to get our hearts before God, um, uh, what was it it talks about in the New Testament you know not hardening your hearts like the children of Israel did in the wilderness not hardening ourselves to the voice of God uh, but rather listening and and softening our hearts to God's purpose you know I often find when 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 you know as a leader talking to people in various circumstances or, or, or leading a project somewhere or helping someone through a difficulty in their own life when people don't like the answer they pretend not to understand the answer and they go just clarify that and that's it's real simple it's just it's just that sometimes we don't like what God's saying um, but hey, let's do all we can to just humble our hearts before the word of God. I don't understand everything about the the outworking of these prophetic words, but I'm sharing them with you now early so that you know we are wrestling with some major adjustments as we shift forward in God. Uh, another verse from the, the, the book of Habakkuk, everybody's favorite book, right? Don't get to heaven and have Mr. Habakkuk come up to you and say, did you like my book? And you go, I never quite read it. It's a great book. Habakkuk chapter two, and right near the beginning, well, let me read the first verse. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. Lots of people use that a picture of, as a picture of, of prophecy and prayer. And I will look to see what he'll say to me. And then it goes on, really well-known little bit now. You'll have heard it and then go, ah, I do know a bit of Habakkuk's book. Write down the vision or the revelation. Make it plain on tablets so that a herald, so that others may run with it for the revelation awaits an appointed time. Uh, it will certainly come and will not delay. What I want to try and do today is make some of the revelation, some of the vision, some of the things that God has been saying to us as leaders as clear as possible so that you and I can run together uh, through July the 19th, past July the 19th, into the future with God as things begin to unfold. Okay, so here we go. Are you ready for it? I'm going to do my absolute best to make seven key prophetic words that are coming through right now really plain to you as Revive family so that we can run together. 
Okay, so here's the first one. Uh, you'll know, uh, hopefully from the things I've been doing the last uh, 16 months or so, the divine reset. I believe a general word for lots of churches and Christians is that we've been in a reset period. And uh, at the beginning of last year, Sharon Stone with us, was with us, and she repeated this word more recently in a private prophetic session uh, that we had with her. It was that we are not just starting a new chapter or a new season. It's a new era and a new book. Think about this for a minute, because I want to push this further. I think a lot of churches are going through a reset I want to push that even harder and stronger for Revive. I believe we're going through a restart. There is almost like a line being drawn in the sand and it really will be that was before this time and that was after it. And the church is radically different. And as we start to go through these other six words, we're going to unfold a little bit of what God's been saying that means it is going to feel really different than where we've been. Now, if you've been journeying with us for a while, you'll know that the last seven years have actually been quite hard, quite nomadic, quite tiring. Okay. Um, If you've been with us longer than seven years, you'll know that we had quite a different church until seven years ago. Then we've been through this, this journey in the last seven years. But I believe God's been leading us up to this point, seven years ago, uh, this autumn, we left our old building and headed out. It's it's like, you know, we use these pictures, right? So don't take it all literally. It's very metaphorical. But but you, you, you leave Egypt, then you wander for a bit before you get into your promised land. We left the old new life, as it was called then. And literally seven years ago, we birthed Revive Church out of new life. And we've been through what's been quite a grueling, season in many ways. I believe we're on the precipice of a brand new start, a restart. Think of questions like this. What would you do if you were to start all over again? That's the level of question being asked by groups of leaders as we discuss and pray and and, and look at the future prophetically. If we were to completely restart, what would we do? And so I want you to understand the 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 um, oh, the gravity of that word, that it's not just a nice little adjustment. There is a complete restart going on. In order for that to happen, we need the second word. Here's a second word that's coming through right now. Right. The second word is from uh, Lana Vorsa in the in Australia and I just find us so on point for where we are at as a church time and time again and she just she spoke just the other day about the fact that we're coming into a time of of untangling ourselves from the past let me read the word to you and uh, it resonated with me so much and a few things have started to go on even since this is what she said I think it was just last week I heard the Lord say this will be a week of untangling for many a week of being delivered from things that have kept you bound continually trying to trip you up and suffocate you this will be a week for many of being untangled from old things and old alignments this will be a week for many of seeing the first fruits of freedom to run in the new alignments without hindrance this will be a week that many will feel 
that they have lost themselves or don't recognize themselves in a negative sense because of the depths of the hardship, trial, trauma, grief and battle they've faced to finding themselves and the song within their heart once again in the place of encountering the kindness of Jesus. The song of mourning and sadness will be shifted to a song of celebration in him. Some who've been running and carried on adrenaline for months will be transitioned by the hand of God into being carried in anointing in a powerful way. This will be a week for many of finding the slipstream of his grace, empowerment and provision to be carried into the new things the enemy has been fighting you so hard over. Oh boy, tell me about it. What God has been speaking to you about over and over again. Expect to be caught up suddenly into this slipstream that the enemy has been trying to block for months. In this slipstream, what would take a year to do supernaturally, God will do in a moment by his power. Raise your expectation. This is a week that many will be untangled and accelerated into the slipstream of his spirit where joy and freedom resounds. Being un tangled disentangled is that a word let's use it anyway i'm gonna gonna make it up it is time if we are going to step into the new if it really is the beginning of a whole new book a restart then here's what needs to happen emotionally psychologically uh spiritually um even even prophetically we can be so entangled with all the good and bad baggage that we've picked up along the way that if you live a bit you're never truly free from the memories of your past from the filing cabinets of how things should be done how we expect things to happen what we expect out of life out of ourselves we are entangled in our memories but God is about to disentangle us from the past. All the expectations. And here's, here's where it's going to. Think about us as church. What church should look like. How it should behave. What things should happen. How we should connect together. Uh, it's in many ways, listen, we're always going to, we're going to worship together. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to have fun together. We're going to go on mission together. We're going to grow together. Comfort each other. But I have a feeling it's going to look very, very different as we begin to shift into to the new very different and what needs to happen in order for that to take place so that you and I don't trip over our past we need disentangling from it and stuff that we thought well it's not kind of doing any harm I'll carry that expectation with me I'll carry that alignment with me God is saying, no, I'm going to lift that haversack off your back. I'm going to disentangle you from all those things that you've said, but life must have this, 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 and this. And if you realize in life, most of us are really good at adding more entanglements, but really bad at cutting them away and running free, just trusting God's now purposes. I believe he is disentangling us from the past, old expectations and old ways preparing us to step into the future what's entangling you let's cut it off and go right I'm going to step into the new with God you don't have to have the career you've always had you don't have to walk with an expectation of certain kinds of ministry or ways of behaving or the pattern of your week or the limitations you put on yourself all kinds of things have shaped you to be what you are and some of them need to be just lifted off as anybody I certainly do and go right it's a fresh start restart disentangled from the past Right. Number three is some words regarding our building journey 
as revived. And I don't even fully know what these mean yet, but I'm going to put them out there because when when uh, prophets line up telling you that change is coming, well, I want you to know that change is coming. But in a session with with established prophet Dr. Sharon Stone, and we were we were praying and talking about the building, and she she was praying with us, and she just talked about ripping up old blueprints that the plans we had were to do with the old era and actually needed to be new that we needed to revisit the boardroom that something new was coming along another prophetic person wrote as well saying i see you adjusting your building plans changing them for the new era swapping blueprints out for others there's an adjustment going on right now and so can you see it lining up a restart a disentanglement and it includes a sense of change around the whole area of the building I don't know what that means. We're praying about it, but I'm putting it out there as a key prophetic word that is coming through right now that we'd be crazy to ignore. It's coming through with such regularity. Now, on to number four. In that session when we were praying with Dr. Sharon Stone about the building, she brought this sentence, which I think is quite profound and I want us to think about for a moment. She said, you're not actually building a church uh, it is a ministry training center, a nest, a hub, a place to, to mission from, a place to, to gather, but it is more than a church. Now, Revive has always been more than just a local church. And in fact, I've, I have belonged to kind of several ministries in the past that were very much ministries that were a church, but actually they were more of a movement and more of a ministry out to the world. And Revive has increasingly over the years been been becoming that more and more but I really believe the new emphasis is going to be that we really will find that we are more than a church and it will affect what we build and how we plan across the city and uh, we're really praying about what that might mean right now now listen we are a church I think when God looks from heaven he sees parachurch organizations and classic local churches and lots of other shapes and he goes it's all church it's my people in an organized governmental way bringing the kingdom of God to the world absolutely like I said before will we fellowship worship hang out pray together comfort each other counsel each other all those things absolutely will there be pastoral care absolutely we are a church but our ministry goes so much further than church. Oh, so we are really seeking God about the unique innovations. In my book, The Divine Reset, I say there are going to be some churches that don't even look like church in the classical sense of the word as God brings about some exciting new innovations. And we're praying about what that means because not only was it there in the book, but we've got prophets coming along saying, and so this church, Revived Church, is going to look really really different in the future so pray with us hey send me your dreams and prophecies i want to hear from god i really do appreciate all of you that have sent me prophetic words and encouragements and even come up and gone we know the future's going to look really different don't know what it is but we're with you all the way um that's the spirit come on we'll get there we've always been more than just a local church and so we're running after that with all of our heart because we believe there's something that god wants us to do in the region the nation and even the world so more than a church that's where we're heading okay the fifth prophetic thing that God's been saying and I had an amazing little incident this week uh prophetic one on I think it was Tuesday I was praying and uh, I said to God 
because uh, we've got lots going on, you know. How do we navigate out of this season into the into the future? I watch all my friends with church buildings and plans. They're just working out how to get back to what they were. We we've just got this wide open space of we we, we don't even even we didn't even know quite how we're going to meet. We pray that we're going to be in Staples soon. That's going to be a great place for a little while to regroup and regather to relaunch into the future. I pray that that really comes off. But there is lots of things that's open for us in the future and so on on i think it was tuesday i was saying to god god just i've got so many prophet friends why aren't they rigging me up with words i need some wisdom from heaven well on tuesday i was out with uh, with some of our leaders chatting about the future and, and discussing and and thinking together about where god might be leading us and while i'm there vicky's at home with leonie webster And they're chatting about the fact that one of the words that God has been placing on our heart is that we would start a house of prayer or a house of worship. The Lana Vorsa prophecy about certain churches around the world hosting and housing wells of glory, places of encounter and prophecy where the heavens are opened and people people almost pilgrimage to come and encounter God in his presence. God has always operated like, like that throughout millennia and across the face of the earth. And that it's really resonated with us under lockdown that we would become a house of prayer or a house of worship don't even know what to call it a ha- place of encounter where it's like Jacob when when the when the stairway comes into his dream and he encounters God in his presence he says, how awesome is this place this is the 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 gate of heaven the house of God we want to be a place that has a a gateway of heaven right in the middle of this region where people encounter God easily, get healed easily, hear from God easily and powerfully, get restored and comforted powerfully, get sent out into mission to transform the world powerfully. That's what a house of prayer or a house of glory or a house of worship would do. And that's really on my heart. So when we're we're going about disentangling, you know, a restart, a redesign, a new blueprint, we're looking, well, we're heading towards this so much more than a church, house of prayer, house of worship. There's something in all that with it. And we're, we're seeking God as we move towards that. So Leonie and Vicky are chatting about this and Leonie's mentioning a, a friend in the States, a, a pastor prophet who said, you know, um, I, I, I'm thinking about coming and, and helping you. And while they're chatting there, uh, remember, it's three o'clock in the morning in the States, somewhere like that. Um, this guy actually rings them while they're sat chatting about it. And he says, God just told me, ring Leonie now. Let's talk about the house of prayer. Do you know, it's on God's heart. I believe he's going to send us people. I believe some of you watching today are called to help us build a house of prayer in Hull, to help us build a house of prayer in East Yorkshire, something in the region. Maybe you'll help us from afar, or maybe you'll you'll move into the area to come and be in a place where God is moving with a well of glory to drink from. Uh, that's where we're heading and so here we got prophets from the the states ringing up going i want to help you build this house of prayer in the uk and remarkable little prophetic incidents taking place even david hathaway i've mentioned this before i think when i did 10 major adjustments um developments going on in revival i talked about david hathaway he's the the billy graham of russia prophesying that spiritual leaders in hell would begin gatherings for worship and arts and intercession and evangelism that would lead to revival It's all about this place, this house of worship, 
where God dwells and lives are transformed and sent out. There's something in that word. We are called to be a house of prayer, a house of glory, a place of encounter. And that's going to affect our blueprint. Maybe that's what the thing is when people say, well, it's it's more than a than a church. Maybe it's a, a house of prayer with a church around it, a, a house of prayer or a church with a house of prayer within it. I, I don't know how to describe it, but could we house and hold the presence of God like Obed-Edom in the Old Testament or like King David wanting to build God a temple so God could dwell in the midst of the city in the midst of the people God's presence would would hover there supernaturally and amazing things would take place and the blessing of God would stretch out across the nation could we dig a well of glory and see God moving powerfully It's happened to us in little ways before. Uh, Over the years, we've had people traveling from around the world to come and be healed. We've had the BBC come and film the healings that take place. We've had local news and and international news want to come and talk about what God is doing because there's a presence. It's, It's been a hard thing while we've been nomadic in the last seven years. But we really want to have a place to house God's presence powerfully among us. Not so that we're insular and self-involved or hide away from the world. No, but so that we're so deeply impacted by God's presence that we can then carry his presence, his purpose and his power out into the world more powerfully and effectively than ever before. I I have for years held meetings and conferences and 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 spent months away in houses of prayer myself and, and hosted times of worship and prayer and encounter where people have come and encountered God so powerfully. I know there are ministries around the world that have met God in, in meetings, often very little that I've been doing, but where the presence of God, the gates of heaven have just opened up and lives have been so transformed that they've gone off to transform cities and areas of society and and mountains of influence because they've met God. I know it's something that honours as a church that we be a place of encounter, not just to enjoy worship. Yes, to enjoy him. We love God to bits, don't we? Yes, to enjoy him. But we know that whenever you get into God's presence, you're going to hear the, who will I send? Like, like Isaiah heard in the throne room. And lives are going to be transformed. I've seen it so many times. Honestly, I could do it every day of my life for the rest of my life. Help people open up the windows of heaven and the gates of heaven. The manifest presence of God come. And then people get so empowered and healed and changed and transformed. They go off to change the world. Wow. Wouldn't that be incredible? Well, it's some of what God's saying to us. I don't know how to do it yet. But these are the things that God is saying to us. In at number six is another key prophetic word. I had a dream a little while ago, uh, and in the dream, I was in a church service in a big building, and uh, I think I was just about to introduce a guest speaker, and the whole congregation just stream out the doors at the back because uh, they want to go preach the gospel. And as I woke up, the words, the church has left 
the building just hit my heart and I'm lying there in bed wondering what to do with that kind of word. I mean, I love it. In the dream, I was a little bit irritated because I'd had a meeting planned, but I was also a little bit elated because the church wanted to go and do what the church is really called to do, which is not sit on their bums in church services and listen to preachers like me all the time, but rather to be so impassioned to go share the gospel that they stream out of the building and go begin to touch and transform the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, somehow, now I know, listen, we live in a, we live in a cold country, a country where it rains, a country where, oh heck, did you notice the drive-in the other day? Uh, we we cancelled it because uh, thunderstorms, uh, lightning was forecast. Other churches cancelled their outdoor events for the same reason. We, we cancelled it because we had a certain deadline to tell our PA crew uh, uh, the you know, stuff that we hire that we, okay, we are either are or aren't and even if we couldn't go ahead because of rain, we'd have to pay for it if we didn't make a decision on the Friday morning. We did. And guess what? On the Sunday, it was the most beautiful possible drive-in day that we'd had all year. Oh, it does my head in the English weather. So we live in a country where you can't predict the weather and it's cold, which is all right when you're 22 and wrapped up, but not so good when you're uh, feeling a little bit delicate or a little bit older. Um, in other words, we kind of need buildings in the sense of we've got to meet somewhere. But here's the spirit of, of the thing, that actually what's more important is that we gather in order to go. And I don't fully know yet how we're going to outwork this dream, this prophetic word. That, because, uh, because I believe one of the, thing that's, one of the things that's going to go on in this season is that the church, every single one of us, is going to realise that church is something that doesn't just happen on a Sunday in a building. We all know this in theory, but we don't live it in actuality. That church is every single day. I mean, in the book of Acts, you could see they were going daily to the place of prayer. Now, I know that won't be everybody every day, but it meant there was always opportunity to meet together and pray and encounter God and get advice and prophecy and healing and all these things. There was a regular sense of coming together. I think we are going to realise as we come out of this season that our Sunday-centric, building-centric um, classic tied little way of what church is that we get dressed up in our Sunday best and we turn up for five songs and a sermon on a Sunday morning. That is not enough. That is not church. It is barely the entrance hall, the lobby of what church really is. So I'm not saying that Sunday mornings will go away or anything like that. But let's remember just how much up the shallow end of true spirituality they are. They're often, I think, you might disagree with me, that's okay, it's just my experience, okay? So it's not, not right nor wrong, it's just what I experienced. But actually, classic Sunday morning church often isn't deep enough spiritually to satisfy a mature Christian, to truly disciple and empower and train a Christian who wants to be effective and it's not deep enough socially uh, we're a big commuter church we we come from you know uh, I, I would I would imagine uh, this, is, this is almost right it's not far off but from one side of the region to another side our members would live up to almost two hours drive apart and they come into the center you know for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning 
Do you know what that means? That often there isn't the depth of relationship that we really want. A lot of us have been asking, do we really feel like a, a team, a band of brothers, a real family on an adventure? We'll never get there if churches, once every seven days, we meet for an hour and a half, and that's what we do, tick, that's what church is. I'm quite sure Sunday services will go on. <laughs> but listen, actually, the real church, the core church, the, that, that real core, even Jesus had a core versus the crowd, right? And everything in between. Right at the core, they are people that are living it every day, in relationship every day, in prayer very regularly, and realise, well, Sunday morning is okay, but it's kind of shallow end. I believe we're going further into evangelism, further into mission, further into kingdom, deeper into presence, deeper into community, deeper into family. Um, I think some Christians, I look at them and their relationships and I think, you know what, you don't need another worship service. You Probably what you need is, is a few good meals with a few good Christian friends. We need to somehow go deeper than just Sunday morning church in a church building. And I believe the future is going to be affected by that kind of dream. The church has left the building in other words, okay, it's there, we need to stay dry, but we must go deeper than an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, socially, spiritually, and then missionally, we've got to go deeper. And I believe this time will have done that in many of us automatically. We've been so fragmented by lockdown, we are longing to just spend time with spiritual friends and enjoy all the grace that that brings. And then we're longing to go out and reach the world. Where, ah, I am so offended by a silent church, silent in prayer, silent in praise and silent in preaching. No, we must make an uproar in the nation, not hiding in our buildings quietly, but an uproar on the streets and in the marketplaces of our nation. So let's look for and pray for a change in this. The church has left the building. And the seventh and final word uh, has come through both Rachel Hickson and Simon Breaker. Uh, Rachel Hickson prophesied about uh, uh, revive being like a hull as in the word hull but the hull of a ship and she saw the hull of this ship just being stripped down and transformed then unbeknownst so these two uh, wouldn't have known this this, this sheer word Simon Breaker prophesies I see revive like a galleon and this big galleon is being stripped down. But then he added something. He said this big galleon was being stripped down and then transformed into these little catamarans that begin to head out and shift. Again, I don't fully know what this word means, but it's for you and I to prophesy about it, that the big galleon will be stripped down and turned into something far more flexible and light on its feet. And, and I was chatting to Vicky about this word just this morning and she said, you know, when Simon shared that word, I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, the thought of the galleon of, of Revive being being stripped down and really transformed in, in, in its shape. Uh, same composite parts, but transformed in its shape for effectivity. We've got to remember what it speaks to me, the big galleon of this is we're not here to empire build. We're here to be effective for the kingdom. What, we're not here to please our own ego by how big and impressive a thing we can try and build. 
what we really want to be is effective and sometimes being you know multiple smaller and we've been trying to head that way with our location strategy but that is really being transformed at the moment but I still believe in some way we're going to come out of this not as at one big galleon but but rather as really effective missional people able to head out in different ways I don't know whether that's expressed in houses of prayer or different locations or a slightly different shape of things than we planned we're just seeking God on that but it has come through two really established prophets that the very organizational structure of revival will be different as we head forward and we're just praying about God to just unfold what that really means let me give you one bonus word as we finish. Vicky had a, a, a dream just the other day. And in the dream were just four words, I think it is. And it's, it's these four words. Sabbath outpouring, no striving. <laughs> well, after a word like this morning, I need that word. Sabbath outpouring, no striving. I think we need to, and God speaks to me continually about this because I, I just, my natural default is I'm a person of action. <laughs> I just want to strive to get things done. Oh boy, God tells me, stop striving, slow down, rest in me. I believe there's an outpouring coming, an outpouring of the spirit, an outpouring of harvest, an outpouring of kingdom influence, an outpouring of encounter and healing and restoration. Something will happen. Even you can you can just read history to know that God often moves after moments like this. I was reading the history of the Azusa Street Revival and boy, the world was in pain in the midst of that uh, uh, the, the Azusa Street Revival and then just before it was the Welsh Revival. The things that were going on in the world at the time that caused everybody, including the Christians, to hunger at a new level. And what happened is when longing hits God's purpose, you get an outpouring, you get a, an increased sense of God moving. Well, we are just lined up for that. We're so hungry to meet God, so hungry to meet together and so hungry to go on mission and see the world transformed. I believe we are going to walk into something very special. But people like me, and if you're anything like this, uh, uh, anything like me, then you need to hear this. What's coming? No striving. It's a Sabbath outpouring. It's a restful, that means, outpouring coming. Let's enter God's rest. And even with all these words, let's let him fulfill his words, not our interpretation, not, not our preferences, but God, come and do what you want to do among us by your power and by your might. So I just pray, be at rest wherever you are. God is with you, right beside you. And if we cling on to him, he's going to guide us through. Uh, we might be going through a storm. I sat and chatting to, to Jamie the other day and, and he just shared, shared a word with me that I think he sure at the, shared at the Kingswood service. And, you know, we might be the disciples wrestling through the storm in the boat, but here comes Jesus walking on the water. Everything might be stormy, but remember that you know God and he rides on the storms. He walks on the storms and he stills them. So in all of these words, in all of this sense of what does the future hold, God? Well, we know the future holds Jesus and us together walking in the purposes of God. And not about you, that's enough for me.